You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 19th of April 2020. This is all wrong. Perhaps we've missed a turn and hit an area we haven't been to before. East London is a strange place at the best of times. It smells wrong. What? Seriously, the air is... There are no chemicals in the air, no petrol or carbon monoxide. That is a good thing, surely. You know what they're saying about climate change. But it's wrong. Out of place. I think we should go back the way we came. Hello, you. And when I say you, I mean all our lovely regulars. And those of you who are listening to us for the first time, maybe. Every Sunday, we release a podcast for you, bulging at the seams with all the latest about what we do at Big Finish Productions. And as many of you will know, we make loads of audio drama and audiobooks for you. Yes, you. There's, of course, Doctor Who, but there's so much more. Torchwood, Blake 7, The Prisoner, Space 1999, Time Slip, Dracula, nearly said Dragoner, whatever that means. Um, It's all there um, at bigfinish.com, very easy. And it's also on our free listening app. And you can read all about it in our free downloadable magazine, Vortex. Oh, and uh, by the way, I'm Benji Clifford. And I'm Nick Briggs. Here's what's coming up in this podcast. In a few moments, we'll be giving you the details of a brand new Big Finish Twitter competition involving this podcast and the prize of a free Big Finish download of your choice. I know. Stay tuned for that right after this introduction. After that astoundingly exciting announcement, we'll be taking a look at our latest reviews, talking about Bernice Summerfield and the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 3. Wow, what a mashup that would be. <laughs> Those are separate, actually. Uh, then we'll be straight into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Following that, we'll go behind the scenes with next month's exciting cult TV release, Time Slip. Remember that? Can you do the theme tune? Da, 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 da. Bam, Yes, anyway, then we'll be offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And finally, we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of the upcoming Doctor Who spin-off release, Class Volume 3. Woohoo! Cue Nick and Benji. How's it all going, mate, with the uh, COVID-19 lockdown world for you, Benji? Yeah, it's been all right. You know, cracking on, really. That's the, the, As we say every week, the beauty of this is that I do get to still work. And uh, I've been in Adam Adamant land this week, having oh, lots yes. of fun with that. And Yeah, we had know, a clip last week, didn't we? And you we sent did, the, yeah. the first episode to me, which I haven't listened to. I'm very sorry. Oh, that's all right. I was only sent it last night. I can't, you know, that's true. That's true. Just I've actually got yeah. better things to do on a Thursday night. Um, <laughs> whatever we all do in lockdown on Thursday. No, but it's all right. You know, I've had some good fun with that. And um, one of the things I, I enjoy doing with all these things is really kind of building a world and building the little things that you might not notice. And so one of those jobs was um, sitting, writing some terrible 1960s song, which features <laughs> which features so minutely in the background of one scene um, inside a building, which with the door occasionally opens. Um, but <laughs> so it just wafts out. It just wafts out occasionally with a bunch, you know, a bunch of a bunch of girls come out on a night out laughing and I think I leave there talking rubbish to somebody whilst walking down the road <laughs> you know trying to trying to give it a sense of there's life in this oh, this place brilliant. but of course that was great because I think as everybody's doing we're all trying to fill the time aren't we really um, and so yeah I thought I've you know, got too much to do mate I have to say well that's the better way to be but you know trying to do things out of fun to break down the mundanity of being stuck inside yeah. I suppose really but yes it's it's all good and how about you Nick well, yeah, I actually, I mean, not to sound too, um, um, I don't know, solemn or whatever. I just wanted to uh, say how lucky I am. And it is just luck. It's just luck. I happen to be working in a line of work that um, is not detrimentally affected by this terrible thing that has engulfed the world. Um, I know we're all being positive and we're going to get through it. Of course we are. But uh, I just, you know, I've, I've got... Um, mm, What's the word? It's not this. It sounds ridiculous, but it's like a survivor's guilt thing, you know, that I feel that so many people, their livelihoods are suffering so terribly and their lives are being turned upside down. And and I, I am more or less carrying on the way I 
was. I mean, I'm, I'm not going into London so much, and but uh, so I just wanted to let people know I, that I'm. I feel extremely grateful um, for you know the position I'm in, and it could all change tomorrow. You know, something else might happen that would affect me terribly. But um, it's. Uh, I think you can yeah, only. It's quite a thing, really. It's a lot of the people I speak to, you know, especially people working for Big Finish, talk about how they just feel completely normal, and then they have these just moments of realizing you know, the enormity of it, and realize that, in a very real sense, you're living through history. Absolutely, it's historically it's a... extremely significant. I mean, it's. I had this moment last night when I was sitting down thinking, I've already lived through. Um lived through I suppose three modules really in in, uh, in in history you know we've got living through this at the moment so that's going to be studied in years to come mm. um, live through Brexit you know that's mm. going to be studied in years to come things like 9-11 yes. you know really massive historical events yes. you know I'm only I'm only 28 so you're only a poor little sparrow I'm only a poor little sparrow so I feel like <laughs> what horrors await me in the future but um Ooh. But yeah, I think all you can do is carry on and 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 do your best to, to do so. Really, I mean, talking of our industry, Nick, in terms of you know audio, um, mm. Amazon has sold out of um, of microphones uh, now. Well, all the affordable microphones that aren't you know massively expensive bits of kit. But yeah, it's all it's all selling out. So that just goes to show that a lot of people uh, independently now are, are trying to modify their their workspace to, to to facilitate this situation well that's right we've been buying a lot of microphones and loaning them to actors and um what we've discovered is that amazon very quickly would no longer let us buy them wow because really? they thought we were hoarding because we're not hoarding <laughs> yeah uh, you know like, or peculiar. selling them on you know what i mean all that kind of thing and but you they have an algorithm that just stops you buying too much of one item um, so yeah, that that's caused a few problems. But you know, I, I mustn't moan about things like that. Uh, and as people have noticed, uh, you know, Amazon have stopped selling our CDs. But since we're not producing anymore at the moment, um, and that comes up in the emails later, you know, we we will be sending them out when this is all over with. But um, we're not, we're not pressing CDs. It's digital first. So you can get your digital copy. You can order a CD if you want, but uh, but at least you can, quite frankly. At least at least that that you know you're able to. You know, back in the days, it would have been a case of you know, Big Finish wouldn't be able to distribute anything in this time. But thankfully, that's you know, right. Thank downloads goodness, have whole... changed everything, haven't they? Hasn't it really? Well, as I've bored people with a million and seven times. Um, one of my aims when I came in as executive producer, one of my first aims was to get the digital download thing up and running. I said, we've just got to get on with this because otherwise we're going to be left behind. And so I'm very glad that that all came about many, many years ago now, 2006, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, which, which has changed the landscape for us. But CDs are still available for order. We just, you know, we've uh, furloughed our... Uh, warehouse stuff for their own safety really um, so they won't be back at work until this is you know until the lockdown's over and then there'll be an enormous backlog of orders to get through but we will get through them and I hope that people will understand that ah dear me this is all very um, public information film nonsense isn't it <laughs> um, <clears throat> so now uh, the competition being more upbeat are you ready for this oh i'm always ready for a good competition now last week nick made an enormous accidental blunder in the podcast luckily nobody <laughs> seemed to notice but nick can you please explain what yes you well did? we are now, we, yes, i will explain my enormous blunder uh well uh we announced that the podcast would include a behind the scenes feature on susan's war it did we announced that we would drama tease the exciting sixth doctor ice warrior story cry of the vultures we did, but just before we played you, Cry of the Vultures, I introduced it as Susan's War. What? Still, no harm done, I suppose. You know, it was just that one mistake. But this did give us an idea. What if we insert a deliberate blunder? A deliberate blunder? And <laughs> oh, oh, I can just think of Mr. Blunders, that public information film. Oh, oh Blunders out in his car again. 
you know, <laughs> crashing into everything. But yeah, if we insert a deliberate blunder into the podcast and then offer a surprise for whether you can spot it. Yes, what I meant to write there was a prize, and I actually typed surprise. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll turn up on your doorstep with a with a tin of baked beans and throw throw the baked beans at you. I was about to say and throw it at you, but I, I don't want to be condoning throwing tins at people. No, don't do but, that. But, but ow, that tin hurts. <laughs> but throw baked beans. That's fun. Yes, um, a prize. We'll offer you a prize for spotting it. Sorry, my mistake. That that wasn't the deliberate mistake. Oh, this is getting very confusing. That was an undeliberate mistake, a non-deliberate blunder. Anyway, so. This is what we're going to you were, do. You were just blundering in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Twitter competition. All you have to do is listen to this podcast, spot the deliberate mistake, which will happen from this point onwards, and then tweet the at Big Finish Twitter account with the hashtag podblunder. All one word, P-O-D-B-L-U-N-D-E-R. Hashtag pot bl- <laughs> hashtag pod blunder. Say it properly. Uh, the competition is open now, as you're listening to this now, and will close at midnight UK time on Friday, the twenty fourth of April. Of all the right answers tweeted, we'll make a random electronic draw and select five people who will win a free download of their choice. We'll get in touch with them. Say, what do you want? I think that's pretty clear, isn't it? I think that's very clear, yeah. So carry on listening, and if you can spot the deliberate blunder in this week's podcast, well, then there we go. See if you can. Um, The funniest thing is we have to be really, really on it now, Nick, not to make too many mistakes. (laughs) I'm just going to read out all the wrong emails and read everything in reverse. Um, But we've told you everything that you need to know. But if you want to refresh yourselves on the details, you can read all about the competition and its terms and conditions at... uh, Oh, this is interesting. Do I just it's say a that? short URL? Yeah, it's a short URL. Out. Okay, so it's bgfn.sh/podblunder, or you can look on our Twitter account at Big Finish, where the competition is also being announced. So good luck. And just to underline, the blunder is a factual blunder. All right, it's not us just tripping over a word <laughs> or, or talking rubbish. It's it's a it will be a specific factual blunder. All right, right. I thought this was going to be easy. It's so difficult, <laughs> isn't it? Right. Or oh, oh, is that that's not a blunder? No. Right now, then on with the latest reviews. And this week, as we mentioned, we're talking about Bernice Summerfield, The Glass Prison, and the Lives of Captain Jack, Volume 3. So let's start with Bernie Summerfield. I'm wondering from my point. The point is, I can't do anything about this. Yes, there's injustice. What does one normally do in this sort of situation? I'll tell you, fight it. Tell the authorities, tell the public, create outrage, force a change. But how can I fight? And who am I going to expose this to? Everyone knows. There's no fifth axis propaganda machine telling the Dervlins they're just borrowing their planet for a little while. There's no belief outside the assimilated territories that the axis are being nice to all the people they conquer. I know as well as anyone about the massacres, the concentration camps, the alien cleansing policies. And what did I do about it? I sat on my comfy little planetoid eating chocolate chip ice cream and enjoying the view. And to find this, just go to bigfinish.com and type glass prison into the little search pane at the top. You know, okay. little magnifying glass thing there with a raffia base. And you'll find not only the audiobook, but also the book itself. Uh, just uh, the one review for this so far from indiemacuser.com. Overall, Bernie Summerfield and The Glass Prison is a powerhouse of a novel and the true end of an era. Props to Jacqueline Rayner for... Fi- what does props mean? Props, like... Props to, props to Nick Briggs for doing great Dalek voices. Like, like it's kind of like a nod to you. Props? Yeah, you say props to somebody. I've never heard that in my yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You say props to whoever did that. I mean, props to whoever made that decision. Props to whoever really? decided to put Chucklevision on BritBox, who hasn't done it no, yet. I've, but if they do, I'll buy them a point. bypassed that area of human learning. Yeah, well, there we go. Props to you for missing that one out. Pro- props. Okay. 
props. Due respect. That's what it means. There we go. What's, what's it doing? And certain sectors of the music fraternity still refuse to give him props, was an example. But why is, why does it mean that? To me, props are physical items that actors have to use. I suppose it's just <laughs> one. That's that just stops one you from falling over. I suppose it's it's like the thing though, isn't it? It's like sick means to be sick, but also in the modern days, it means to sick is really good. Like that's a that's sick. That is, it's great. Oh. So like props, oh, yeah, right. props sick with, yeah, sick without a K is a term that means leave as this is what was originally written. <sighs> anyway, yes. So uh, um, I, even though there's just one review, I seem to have extended it to the length of 15 reviews. Props uh, to uh, the props to Jacqueline Rayner. By that, they mean the things that go around on a propeller um, <laughs> for finishing the story and Lisa Bauman for bringing it to life 18 years later. 10 out of 10. Thoroughly recommended by Indie Mac user. Props to IndieMacUser.com there. And now we move on to the props of Captain Jack Boyd. No, no, we don't. Now we move on. Factual blunder. (laughs) To the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 3. Dearly beloved, we are gathered together in front of the Holy Modem to witness the joining together in marriage of Captain Jack Harkness and Riversong from Big Finish Productions The Lives of Captain Jack Volume 3 I'm in space and that's amazing yes really really amazing I know isn't it surrounded by aliens amazing do you know what vampires are Elders, nobles, monsters. Don't talk about her majesty like that. I need to know who I'm letting into my temple. Queen Carla needs urgent assistance. Captain Jack would help us. The hero from the stars, the man with a thousand lives. I already told you Captain Jack isn't here. Oh, Oh, sorry, ma'am. I just threw my chips all over your weapon. It's no weapon. It's magical scrying glass. You want me tell you your fortune? Not interested. I want to know why you're trying to kill the doctor. I have to. It is my destiny. You. It's you. Sorry. Have we met? Big finish. We love stories. Stay out of my way, Jack Harkness. She's gone. Who's Jack Harkness? And to find this, just go to bigfinish.com and type props. No, uh, Captain Jack into the little search pane. I don't know if I've ever mentioned what the search pane is. And and you'll find a whole host of John Barrowman goodness. First up, cultbox.co.uk says, John Barrowman's leading man status is never in doubt and director Scott Hancock helms another set of diverse adventures for Captain Jack. A meeting between Jackie and Jack always promises fun and the encounter with River was both mind-boggling and brimming with innuendo. (laughs) However, despite not having the high-profile returnees of the other two, for us the haunting, mighty and despair is the standout tale of this set and not to be missed five stars presumably cool. out of five yeah well, one with this one with this it could be infinite amount of stars couldn't it really <laughs> five stars out of infinity uh, DoctorWhoWatch.com, the famous clock website, says oh, Overall, The Lives of Captain Jack, <laughs> Volume 3, is a fantastic anthology box set. Okay. If you haven't listened to previous volumes, but you really want to hear Jack and River together, this is an easy box set to jump on board with. Yeah. More than that, in just three episodes, it's a fantastic depiction of the radically different lives of Captain Jack. Noise. Sci-Fi Pulse.net says the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 3, is a welcome distraction right now. These three stories by Guy Adams, Tim Foley and James Goss give listeners characters who have more complicated and fraught lives. They remind us to stop and live each day sandwiched between two more days in a straight line. Thank you, Big Finish, for three more wonderful yarns. I'm looking forward to the lives of Captain Jack, Volume 4. Well, over on the Twitter sphere, that round Twitter thing, um, <laughs> at M-E-N-Mentity101... 
Yeah. yeah, I'll go with that. Um, I just listened to the story Crush by Guy Adams' author um, from Big Finish's latest release, The Lives of Captain Jack, Volume 3, starring at John Barrowman, uh, Camille Kaduri, and Clayton Cast. And That's I Paul Clayton, absolutely I adored it. Uh, John and Camille are the perfect comedic duo, and the story is fab, like yes. the lollipops. Yes. <laughs> That's it for the reviews this week. More next time when we take a look at The Confessions of Dorian Gray Isolation, special lockdown production brilliantly done by Alex Vlahos and Scott Handcock there. And Doctor Who Short Trips Decline of the Ancient Mariner. Coming up soon, we'll be going behind the scenes with Time Slip. Coming out in May, Big Finish's continuation of the classic, much-loved cult TV series from 1975. But first, it's listeners' emails. Well, here we are again, sat in these famous old chairs, sit in these same old rooms, but yet That's ever chair. enthusiastic because it's email time. And if you want to email us, it's just so easy. It's so lovely. It's wonderful. All you have to do is send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. Simple easy. as that. And it'll arrive. It'll arrive in a little wrapped up package of goodness. Um, this one here from Stephen Burkett. Um, Dear Nick and Benji. Hello. Hello. Um, how are you? I'm fine. Um, I have been a faithful consumer of your Doctor Who range since finding the tapes in Forbidden Planet wow. in 1999. Tapes, That's Forbidden Planet, big store in London, uh, all over, well, plenty of cities now, but it's a culty mm. sort of store. Um, I soon became a subscriber, and well I now have nearly every Hooniverse CD, except for the early ones, which are tapes. Uh, I'm... I'm ceaselessly amazed at the inventiveness and variety of the writing, the skill of the actors and the quality of the production. Fraser Hines is almost better at Pat Troughton than he is at Jamie, and the wonderful Louise Jameson and Katie Manning bring their younger selves to life in audio. I've rather got behind with listening to the stories, but I'm enjoying catching up with my library during this lockdown. The fact that I'm just up to The Law of the Nomad, uh, May 2018, shows wow. how far behind I am. The Serpent in the Silver Mask was a joy. Touches of kind hearts and coronets. <laughs> I have just started listening to the first box set of The Lives of Captain Jack, and I'm loving it. The dynamic between Jackie and Jack is delicious. Camille Kaduri has taken Jackie to a new level of silliness mm -hmm. with hidden depths. She's brilliant. I'm looking forward to the next story with Jack and Alonzo. During the pandemic, you are stopping posting out CDs. I can still access downloads, but I much prefer to listen to CD on my stereo. The sound quality is so much better than my phone. When this is all over, will you post out a CD that I have missed? Thanks so much for keeping me going through this horror. Keep safe, Stephen Burkett. Stephen, of course. Um... If you've ordered a CD, the order will be on the system and when the pandemic is over or under control or lockdown is ended and our warehouse staff are back to work, then you will be sent your CD. I can't say when, I'm really sorry. Um, those That's out of our control. Um, but yes, if you've ordered it, it will be sent to you. If you haven't ordered it but you'd like it, it won't be sent to you. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like that. Could you send that to me? Uh, have you ordered it? No. Um, yeah, so don't worry, mate. It's it's all fine. And thank you for what you say. I mean, um, playing downloads, I'm sure there's a way of linking up, you know, your mobile device to the speakers of your Depends on the system. what phone you've got. Has it got an aux yeah. input? If it's got a plug-in for headphones, you might be able to do it. If it hasn't, then you might not be able to. It could be a Bluetooth job if your speaker has Bluetooth. It's all just, it, it, the list goes on. But um, It is possible, though. Steve. I'm sure there anyway. is a way. Anyway, here's one from Andy Taylor. Taylor. When I see Taylor, I always think of Dr. Zayas saying <laughs> it beneath the planet. Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> it's Doomsday Zayas. Anyway, hi, says Andy. Well, it's a good way to start, Andy. I, I solid, that. solid introduction. He said, in your latest podcast, you suggested that the third Doctor would be the ideal protector if you were a companion, which is possibly quite right. But then you suggested the fifth Doctor as an alternative. Really? 
Adric, dead. Nyssa, terminal illness, cured herself, left on a plague ship. Tegan, she's got PTSD by the time she's left, surely. Turlo, political criminal and rubbish murderer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you, when you stack it up like that... He got a point. Uh, only Perry sort of came out for the better after being given an almost incurable disease, <laughs> traumatised by a sex pest in a gimp suit. And then number five goes and dies on her. And number six tries to strangle her within minutes of the regeneration. Then she then gets killed, stroke dumped, with Brian Blessed. Number five, not very safe. Yeah. Regards, Andy. Andy, you... I mean, Benji when you put it like that... that. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh. It's just a catalogue of horrors, isn't it? Gosh. So that, oh, that begs the question then, is he the most dangerous doctor to be trapped with? Is he? What do you think, folks? Is anyone going to come to the defence of Doctor Five there? Come on. We want to hear from you. If you think that that's an unfair set of accusations let's talk about the other doctors maybe you can characterize the other doctors in that way and see see how that turns out yeah that's yeah i, I can imagine the first doctor might might not do too well i feel like there's a, a few uh, c- catastrophes there write in and let us know and finally here's one from richard wiggins hi guys just wanted to echo the thanks that you've gotten for all the freebies the last couple of weeks i've been so impressed with the app and seeing my purchases from 2012 and 2015 still sitting there as i have nothing other than groceries to spend my money on i've been delighting (laughs) in rewarding myself with some new big finish titles one of the real treats about this period had been getting back into your audios and being wowed at how the range has grown over the years Uh I'm sure I'll be sticking with you once this is all over. There's so much to enjoy. I particularly enjoyed Blind Terror with Eve Miles. Uh, Terrifically written and acted. A genuinely thrilling production. Ooh, ooh. Also, uh, can you get the licence for Jonathan Creek? Pretty please. Thanks, Richard. Ah, well, I'm glad you liked uh, Blind Terror. (laughs) See, I've never really watched Jonathan Creek, so I... I, I presume you were doing the music from it there. It sounded like cars whizzing past. <laughs> like um, uh, Jonathan Creek with Caroli- uh, Caroline Quentin. Um, that was my favourite era of the show. Amazing. I remember the first episode featured, um, and, and I didn't watch it, but the first episode featured Alistair McGowan, apparently. Yes, I think it, I think it, yeah, I think it did. Because I spent the whole day at work the next day. I was working at the Sci-Fi Channel in press and PR, and everyone kept saying, and they everyone knew I was an actor. They said, oh, it was, I saw you in Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, and they would not take no for an answer. And I said, honestly, I don't know what Jonathan Creek is. I presume you mean a TV <laughs> show, and I would have loved to have been in a t- TV show that was on the BBC on Saturday night, but... I I really wasn't in it because I would know, you know. And again, yeah, come on, no, it was brilliant. I I don't know why you're pretending. All part you of the show's mystery. Oh, I know that one so. episode featured Colin Baker with a with a massive ponytail, and that was amusing. Really? Yeah, that was quite fun. Was he sort of trotting around a field as well? Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we probably won't get the license for Jonathan Creek because even though it was a massively popular TV show and beloved by many, I don't think there's a specific cult audience for it. I think it would be very difficult for us to find that. But, you know, prove me wrong, someone. The Creekians will will rise up in their masses. There's just a bit of a creaky in there. Um, Blind Terror, glad you like that. One of the big Finnish originals ranges range there. Let's, uh, let's have a listen to the trailer for that. It's a g- good thing to remind you of that. It's beautiful work. Guy Adams and Scott Handcock with Eve Miles starring. Fire. Light and warmth. Before the trick of it was discovered, winters were lethal. In the darkness came the ice. In the darkness came death. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Blind Terror, the Gods of Frost. (laughs) Run and hide, my pretty. I'll soon find you. Hodder Hall. 
A house that looks to have no warmth in it. It's fitting. There's precious little warmth in me either. But Hodder Hall will serve. As will I. Oh, now the new one! The idiot! The one with all the ghosts. The sooner she goes the way of the old one, the better. You must be the new housekeeper, Mrs. Alice. Yes. How lovely. Welcome to Hodder Hall. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. One more piece of advice. You stay down, you stay down. You're too drunk to fight and I will cripple you if you lay another finger on me. You're not real. Can't be real. Big finish. We love stories. Don't wind up the clocks. Anyway, that's it. Thanks, says Richard. Um, and I say thanks to you, Richard. Uh, that's it for the emails this week. But keep them coming to podcast at bigfinish.com. More next time. Time now to go behind the scenes with Time Slip. Uh, this is a bit of an advanced preview here because it's not out until next month, but we wanted to give you an early tease of just how exciting it is. My name is David Richardson and I'm the producer of Time Slip. There's an explanation for this thing, whatever it is. Maybe we have to believe in it, be sure of it, want it. You could be right. Please, don't run. There's no need. Who are you? We're friends. What time are you from? What? What did you say? I remember seeing Time Slip when it was first broadcast in the 1970s. I would have been seven years old. My name is Spencer Banks, and I play Simon Randall in Time Slip. The serial Time Slip was first produced by... ATV in 1970 and it told the story of two teenagers who were brought together more through circumstance than choice and they discover through several bizarre encounters the ability to travel backwards and forwards in time. Their first adventure taking them through to war-torn England in the 1940s. They find themselves inside a naval research station in a sleepy village called St Oswald and Liz discovers various secrets of her father's life in the Navy at that station at that time so she meets her father as a young man in the 20s and collectively Simon and Liz are first introduced to a sinister character Commander Trainer, played by Dennis Quilly who is the commanding officer of the naval station at that time. The story then goes forwards and backwards in time over 26 episodes, where they discover all kinds of projections of the future, things that have happened in the past, and do their best to use those experiences to prevent the the worst of things and perhaps improve the, the, the best of things. And I remember rushing home from school, switching on the telly, and just getting hooked on this really unique series, actually. I, I don't remember anything like it at the time, and not really much since. It was a show for children. It was broadcast at tea times during the week, and it starred two very young leads. But what was interesting about the show was that even though it was a children's TV show, it didn't write down to its audience at all. In fact, it wrote upwards. It was approached as if it was an adult show. And the themes and the situations and the drama were all very adult. Hello, I'm John Dorney and I am the script editor of Time Slip. Time Slip for me was something of an unknown quantity, really. I remember first coming across it 
reading articles in magazines like you know Dreamwatch and TV Zone in the gap between Doctor Who being on TV when I was looking for other things to fill the void. And the stories sounded really intriguing and interesting, but for whatever reason, I never got around to catching up with them. It's ever so slightly been something I've always been interested in watching, but never quite got around to. So it was great to finally have an excuse to buy the DVDs and dive in and uh, and experience it for the first time uh, in, in 2019 from a grown-up perspective. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I'm the executive producer of Big Finish. You know, for me, it worked so well because it was... The main characters were youngsters, you know, and I, and I could sort of maybe a bit see myself as Simon, you know, which is why it's such a thrill to come along to the recording here this week and um, totally geek out with Spencer. Because I met Spencer and Cheryl ages ago when I did an interview with them at a convention in Liverpool, which when I mentioned it to both of them, they said, oh, that's like the first one we ever did. And so I don't think he had any real um, recollection of me, but it was just lovely. I think it's the only time I've ever done something like this in that I've met someone from an old TV series and just gone up to them and kind of said, I'm a huge fan, can we just talk about it? And that's what we did. It was lovely. Yeah, it means, means an awful lot to me. A bubble of time. Picture that. A bubble that drifts outside of the rules of normal physics across other time phases, intersecting with our own present People might even find themselves caught inside one of these bubbles. And how would they do that? Uh, through an opening of some kind, a gateway, a doorway, in whatever barrier exists between the two. Oh, he's back. Simon's back. He's back in the house. <laughs> he's back in the house. Oh, it's great. Well done, Spencer. I'm Andrew Smith, and I wrote Time Slip, The Age of the Death Lottery. I have such fond memories of Time Slip. So it broadcast in 1970, so I was, oh, seven or eight watching it. And I remember particularly the time of the icebox and particularly the cliffhanger where there's a scientist who ages dramatically. But yeah, just, the, you know, those, those images of Simon and Liz, you know, crawling through the time barrier. And I'd reenacted that, played that with my you know, friends. It's so easy to do, you know. Just go out in a field somewhere, you know, on your hands and knees and pretend to be going through the time barrier, like Les and Simon. Yeah, great stories. The barrier is unpredictable. Where does it come from? What is it? What's it for? To answer your questions in order, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know. We've got Les and Simon back, but we also have Neil and Jade coming as our new young time travellers. Not quite as young as the characters of Les and Simon were in the original series, so they're students who've kind of grown up together and know each other. So they've discovered the barrier in a similar way that Les and Simon did by going through it accidentally, and we'll actually go through the, the barrier with them for that, that, that first experience, although we're telling that in a kind of an early flashback once we've established them. So a bit of mystery as to who they actually are in episode one. I'm Amanda Shadeko and I play Jade. And I'm Orlando Gibbs and I play Neil Riley. Yep, we're good to go. Let's have a read. Oh, that's bright. We made it. I think the invisible wall is closed. They won't be following us then. Maybe it likes us? It's daylight. How can it be daylight? It was just night time. How can we be chased through Crystal Palace Park or by armed American soldiers? Um, Neil, there's a man with a dog looking at us. <laughs> That's nice, thank you. I think it's a really great story. When I read it, I was like instantly hooked onto it. There's just so much going on. And what's great about the story is it's something that's not too far from where we are now, you could imagine it happening in the future or being considered uh, in the future. I think it's great. I think it's really, really cool that lots of like time travel stories that are in the mainstream, the people who are doing the time traveling are always really good at it. Mm. Nobody's good at time travel in time slip. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what what it is, what, what, like what's, what is happening. So I think uh, that's a, it makes it a lot more, I think a lot more relatable, not necessarily more believable, but just more more relatable to people living in the 21st century you know that if something like this were to happen mm. we sort of would react like that and we would yeah. be like this is absolutely what is going on
Neil, what's going on? What is that thing we went through? The 50s, now 2020? Will we ever get back? Of course we will. Yeah, now it feels like you know each other. Yeah. It's a relationship. It's great. Uh, so we're going to move on to scene 12. It's a uh, very distinctly different style of storytelling to uh, most other uh, telefantasy series. And I'm not just meaning Doctor Who, I'm meaning things like, you know, Saffron Steel and Blake Seven and Star Trek and everything. It, it's kind of quasi-realistic. It's got a very serious tone, very adult tone for a series that was obviously nominally a kids' show back in the day. And that gives it a very modern perspective and a modern feel. I was very keen to... Um change the location of the time barrier at the end of the tv run the time barrier has gone away and really there was no reason it should come back in the in the same location it had been in the show part of my reasoning was that the setting in the show was in the middle of the countryside a really remote location so that sort of took away some of the drama of where these stories could be set. Another reason I wanted to change it is um, for many years I lived in Crystal Palace in a, a big black and white house which was just opposite Crystal Palace Park and the Venetian terraces. So most days I would sort of wander out of my house and walk along those terraces and there's something really magical about them. I don't know if you know the Crystal Palace, the huge um, glass building which stood on that site burnt down many years ago and what's left is just the steps up to the palace and some of the statues just just little bits of stonework and archers and it has a kind of timeless feel you know you feel as though you're in today but you're wandering around the ruins of yesterday I've always had this thought that actually if we did time slip Crystal Palace Park would be a really amazing place to set it and another part of, of that thought process was that, um, of course, when the TV show was launched back in the 70s, Lookin did a photo spread and they took Cheryl and Spencer to Crystal Palace Park and did photographs of them with these huge dinosaur models that they have in the park, these, these, these huge dinosaur statues. And that became part of our publicity campaign. We took Spencer and Cheryl back to the park. We did photos of them today with the dinosaurs and we took them up to the Venetian terraces which is probably about a 10 minute walk away from the dinosaurs and we we showed them where the time barrier would be in our stories so we've got all this lovely imagery to accompany the, the adventures. Basically what it allows us to do is tell these stories that have got people meeting alternative futures, alternative pasts and alternative versions of themselves that seem to be like cautionary tales. And if you go to bigfinish.com and type time slip, all uh, one word there, into the search Kyle. pane at the top, uh, you'll find this rather special release out next month. Oh, uh, We'll be dramatising you with the return of the Doctor Who spin-off Class soon. This series proved rewardingly popular for us last year, so the students of Coal Hill are back for more sci-fi adventures. I clearly just said something that resembled Siri because she's just said... <laughs> Hey, Siri put rewardingly popular for us last time. <laughs> the students are back. And it's now it's now typing everything I'm saying. That's everything brilliant. I'm saying. I'm pressing... No. Siri, you're annoying. Uh, but first, it's time to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes, it's time for the randomoid selector tr Well, Ran has spoken. It's 152 Doctor Who House of Blue Fire. Oh, House of Blue Fire. Now, this is part of an ongoing storyline, wasn't it? Um, is this the one that everyone said was a little bit like one that had been on telly at the time? I can't remember. Um, I know that this this one's got the fantastic Timothy West in it. Um, obviously, as well as, you know, Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor. Um, let's have a look on here. It's by Mark any... Morris. And... Uh, is directed by uh, oh that's right and it has uh, Amy Pemberton in it as well I remember yeah it's directed by Ken I think yeah Ken Bentley here's the trailer coming soon from Big Finish Productions Doctor Who House of Blue Fire I can't remember how I got here were you expecting me of course see the thing is and this is going to sound really odd but 
I have no idea where I am. Blue Firehouse. Fear, fear, fear. I have aphasagoraphobia. It's the fear of being forgotten or ignored. Confusion, 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 confusion. Catoptrophobia, they call it. Nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. Aquaphobia. Darkness, darkness, darkness. All I can tell you is that something ancient and foul has emerged from the wilderness and drawn you into this house. Stop talking in riddles. There are traps everywhere. Don't stand in my way, Doctor. Nothing is what it seems. When should we run? Should we run now? I seem to have made a terrible mistake. What have you done? Doctor, where are you? Don't you realise the forces at play in this house are finally bound? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Yes, the brilliant Timothy West in it. Can I just tell my Timothy West anecdote? I would love you to. I have told it approximately 5,037 times. Uh, that's not a factual error for anyone looking for the uh, factual <laughs> blunder. Uh, it's just a massive exaggeration, I would say. Although it could be true, who knows? Um, that's not the blunder either. Timothy West, I remember once when he first worked for us, uh, I think he worked with us for the first time in an, an Eighth Doctor story called, oh gosh, what was it called? It was about extreme sports and, um, and it had Neris Hughes in it as well, the first time she worked for us. Is it ringing any bells with you, Benji? I can picture the cover. Um Timothy West. I'm just typing him into the site. There it is. Phobos, of course. Yep. And uh, I was in the, you know, in the Moat Studios, there's the sort of little darker studio area where we do the interviews and then there's the green room and then there's, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was in that area and the door was open and Timothy was alone in the green room. And in those days, and I certainly have told this story so many times, in those days, Toby, whose studio it is, uh, used to put out a bowl of chocolates. We asked him not to do it eventually because, you know, we were all just getting massively fat by eating <laughs> chocolate all day. Because um, it's irresistible. You see a bowl of chocolate, you know, and it was things like Kit Kats and Club Biscuits. Oh, yeah, and you're going to go, you're gonna dive in, just, aren't you? Uh, you know. It was a lovely thing for him to do, very considerate. Anyway, and I heard Timothy West talking, you see, and I thought, I wonder who he's talking to. And then I sort of just edged around the corner. I could see he was talking to himself. There was no one else in the room. And he was looking at the bowl of uh, chocolates and he was going, shall I have a club biscuit? Shall I have a club biscuit? Yes, I think I'll have a club biscuit. And he picked it up, <laughs> opened it, and started eating it. Then I went into the room and said, all right, Timothy. He said, oh, yes, thank you. I'm just having a club biscuit. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, years later, when he was in working with us again, I told him this story, and he just he just listened to me very intently as I was telling it. And I thought, oh, and he was, I couldn't tell what he was thinking. I thought, oh, was he going to say, um, I find that impolite and inappropriate or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. thought I was going to get a telling off. <laughs> and he said... Um, Yes, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave a little chuckle. Such a nice man, Timothy West. Fantastic actor. One of our best, I think. In terms yeah, of, you know, yeah. And his lovely son as well, Sam, who, you know, who I've met many times. Lovely bloke. Anyway, there you are. The House of Blue Fire. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, I, I think I... I get the name wrong. Yes, it is. Doctor Who, <laughs> House of Blue Fire. The House of Blue Fire. Um, Benji, how do they get, how do our wonderful listeners, how do you out there get a 25% discount? Well, it's very this? simple. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com, the website. Right. You go on there and on the menu underneath the Big Big Finish logo, go to podcasts. That will bring up the page with the latest podcast. You click read more under the latest one. And there'll be a blurb, and the blurb there, very lovely, lovely blurb. Um, it has a place that says, uh, click here. And obviously, when you click there, you enter in the special code, the not-so-secret code BUCKUP, which is all capital letters, no space, no complications. Enter that in, and you will get your discount. Simples. Brilliant. Thank you very much. 
Nick there, you gave me this look as if to say, what is he, is he, what's he doing? Yes, I will no, have no. a club biscuit. Um, <laughs> right, well, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's crack a lack on. So now it is actually time for us to say goodbye. It's that time, isn't it, Nick? But uh, talking of time, um, yes. let's say goodbye in the style of the time barrier from Time Slip. Do you know how that goes? <laughs> no. I can't remember. You've never heard the time I, I, mean, I, I, I know time slip very well. But <laughs> very good. Actually, that was nothing like it. Was you can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most pointless exercise. I'm oh, quite enjoying doing it. Goodbye. So we have to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. And while we're away, why not entertain yourself with the first 15 minutes of Class Volume 3, The Sower's Ditch. Oh, come on! Come on this way! Oh, come on! Where are we going? Bowling alley! There'll be loads of people! Why? Safety in numbers! They're right behind us! Well, get going then! Come on! Mark! Mark, wait for me! Mark! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! So close. So very close. Oh, oh God, no, please! Don't hurt me! I'm sorry! I'm sorry! It's all right. I didn't mean that you were close to escaping. I meant I was so close to winning. Please! I don't know what you mean! <laughs> What what was that? That? Oh, that was Black May. She's my pet. Sounded like a wolf in shortage. That's mad. We hunt in pairs, and only pairs. Your uh, brave boyfriend has left you to die. <laughs> you should probably dump him, really. I will, I will, I promise. That's assuming you get out of this alive. strike in that weird way. Because he's a boy, he likes winning, and he likes showing off. Yes! We win again, Mateus, my man! Let <laughs> alone the constant high-fiving. Tedious, isn't it? Oh, are we hearing from the team of sore losers over there? We're not sore losers. And yet you are losing. Maybe because my legs are very sore. I'm not helping, Charlie. Everyone's legs hurt when bowling for the first time. It's a lot to do with your balance. Really? We both know you've got the strength. Those legs are... <laughs> anyway, it's all to do with positioning and balance. Why didn't you want to be on my team? Because... I don't know, I wanted to get to know Ramblin. And he has better balance, ensuring you'd win. I can see it's all down oh, to... Stop babbling, Charlie! And to be fair to Matea, she didn't know just how brilliant I am at bowling. Oh, indeed, how modest. Boys. Charlie, sometimes you just need to cut loose and have fun. I do have fun. Not just with Mateusz. With all of us. That's not really me, is it? Besides, Ram's probably cheating. I, I'm sorry, what? Your leg. The one the doctor gave you. It probably artificially adjusts your balance and, you know... What? Why? Why would you say that? Because, well, it's true. And... What? What have I done wrong now? Sorry, guys. I just remembered I need to pick up some food for my dad. Ram, come okay, on. He didn't mean... No, seriously, it's fine. I've got things to do. See you guys on Monday. Oh, thanks for that. What? Sometimes you can be so... I'd better go after him. See you later. <sighs> well, that was a fun evening, Grund. Something's up. Oh, 
You noticed? Not with Ram and April. Over there. By the door. That man who ran in seems to have collapsed, and now they're calling for an ambulance. I'm sure they have staff there to help them, okay? We should go and catch up with the others. Please. Please don't hurt me. Oh, I won't. Really. Not now. Your cowardly boyfriend. What did you call him? Mark, was it? Mm. Well, him running off sorted that. So, so why are you... In fact, his self-preservation instinct has saved your life. Uh, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. But at least you're alive and can catch up with him. Oh, and I'd really suggest dumping him. I mean, what kind of man leaves his girl to die alone in an alleyway? You deserve better. He's gone. Oh, thank God. Uh, Mark? Mark? Mark, you utter bastard! Where are you? Ram! Ram! For God's sake, would you wait a minute? What? You know he didn't mean anything by it. It's Charlie. Yeah! Mr. Ooh, I'm a Rodian prince. I get a free pass for being an arse. <laughs> no, but he's just... What, a bit special? Hey, not nice. Sorry. I still don't like him and his geeky superiority shit. And that was just a really... Stupid thing to say to you? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I'm pretty sure he's getting a bollocking from Mateus right now. And that's supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> no, probably not. I just want to go home, all right? Well, you can walk me back to my bus stop first. Why? Because I'm asking. And it'll give you time to cool off before you go to the offie and angrily buy loads of things that you want and your dad doesn't. You know, like cigarettes. Oh, we're having that conversation again, are we? We do seem to have this conversation a lot. Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm your boyfriend or your counsellor. Matej, what did I actually say wrong? Where to begin? <laughs> Let's just go home. But I... Just stop being so... What do you say? Insensitive to your friends, yes? Our friends, surely. That's what I said. No, no, you said your friends. It's like you're trying to distance yourself from me. <laughs> what makes you think that? The use of language says far more than you realise. It's not my first language. And how did this suddenly become criticism of me? I'm not the one who has no self-edit button in his head. Okay. Answer me this. If I'm so stupid and inept at social mores, why are you with me? Because I love you. Oh. That's... rather nice. Thank you. Good. Keep walking. Does that mean you're not cross with me anymore for talking about Ram's leg? Yes. No, I'm frustrated that you don't see when you've said something hurtful. But hey, they will have forgotten about it by tomorrow. I don't understand what I did, though. I know. That's what makes you so lovable. Uh, mm, ch changing the subject... Yes? Where exactly are we? Condon Street. I don't think we are. Look behind you. I can't even see the lights on the high street. How far have we walked? That's... odd. Ram, hold up a sec. What? Where are we? We're on main road. Ah? Uh? We're not, are we? I don't even recognize this area. But we turned left and... And we should be near the Mackenzie estate, but... Well, unless the estate has suddenly planted a lot of trees and grass, we're nowhere near. I didn't even know there was a park around here. If this was Mackenzie Park, there'd be swings over there and dog poop bins. Where have you led us? <laughs> Me. I was following you. <sighs> Damn. I was hoping you didn't notice that. Hold on. What are you doing now? Checking my phone. And? Pause. Oh, here. That's nonsense. We can get a signal anywhere. Oh. No, I've got no signal either. 
If this isn't Condon Street, we must have turned right. This must be, um... No, it isn't. Since when has Shoreditch had whatever these old houses are? I mean, I have never seen this before. They're Tudor. What? Tudor. This style of house. Very few of them survived the Great Fire of London. Certainly not around here. How is this possible? I've given up asking that question ever since I met you. My house have just become wise. This is all wrong. Perhaps we've missed a turn and hit an area we haven't been to before. East London is a strange place at the best of times. It smells wrong. What? Seriously, the air is... There are no chemicals in the air. No petrol or carbon monoxide. That is a good thing, surely. You know what they're saying about climate change. But it's wrong. Out of place. I think we should go back the way we came. Well, that would be fine if there wasn't a row of your Tudor houses across the road we just walked down. We're, we're blocked in on all sides. Feels like we're in a, a town square or a market. As long as we're not for sale. <sighs> this isn't normal, is it? <sighs> oh. I do know that 21st century London does not have howling wolves. How far away do you think that was? I don't know, I'm not an expert. <clears throat> ah, and I have no bars on my phone so I cannot look up. Are there wolves in East London? Hello. <gasps> I'm Megan. You frightened the life out of us. Where did you come from? Oh, I was always here. Welcome to my family home. Oh, don't mind the wolves. They're far away and won't bite. <sighs> I don't like it here. I feel... I don't know, exposed? If that wolf comes running out of the darkness... That wasn't a wolf, Ram. We don't have wolves in London. Maybe escape from London Zoo? <laughs> what, and took the central line out to Liverpool Street? But it got some looks changing at Oxford Circus. Well, what was it then? Oh, it was a wolf. <gasps> what the hell? <laughs> I'm Rumfer. Welcome to my family home. Don't mind the wolves, they're far away and won't bite. Who are you? Uh, you already said. Runtha. It, it is Runtha, right? It is. Sorry I made you jump. Are you sure that's not close? Oh, quite sure. And you're not... Human? What gave it away? The green skin. And... And the ears. Definitely the ears. Very pointy. You don't seem too upset to find what must be an... Alien to you? No. No, I'm a bit freaked out, to be honest. And you? Oh, yeah. Equally freaked. You're not going to eat us, are you? <laughs> um, no. So, the wolf, is that going to eat us? Also no. Why would you think I was going to eat you? I've met aliens before. Really? Yeah, not very nice ones. And they tried to eat you? No. No, they didn't. Not us. So, anyway, what brings you to London? Where are my manners? Allow me to introduce my people. Ow! Our ears just popped and... What the hell? This, this is my family. The Sir Pastoral. <laughs> Sorry, Aegon, was it? It was. It is. What planet are you from? Charlie. Look, unless Earth has a race of green-skinned people I've not heard of living... It might have. You cannot know for sure. Living in Shoreditch, I was going to add. I think that's a fair question. Perfectly fair. Don't worry. I'm a sir. From? Oh, here and there. Roundabouts. Nowhere fixed and formal. Travellers? Like intergalactic Romani? Mm, if you like. How long have you been on Earth? Not long, just over a thousand years this trip. This trip? Yes, let's focus on the less amazing part of that statement. We tend to get moved on by the authorities. The Politia? I imagine she means the Shadow Proclamation. They tend to run the police in this part of the galaxy. Ah, you know a lot, don't you? You're not from round here either. What planet is your home? Rhodia. Ah, oh, never heard of it. Been here long? Not really. And you? Sorry? Planet? Earth. Oh. Oh, how dull. I am sorry. Actually, I quite like it. <laughs> if you say so. 
You boys fancy a party? Uh, well, we were just uh, heading home, actually. And sure. Why not? Might be fun. It would be rude to say no. Egan doesn't seem to have any other friends here. Ah, there you're wrong. Meet the Sir Urbans, my family. Gufno! Ah! Oh. Yes! The party is about to start. This is why I said no. You've no idea what we're getting ourselves into. What the hell have we got involved in? Where did all these people, this party, come from? Out of thin air. Not really the answer I was hoping for. Okay, out of some kind of parallel pocket dimension. A few seconds in the past or future. Or something. Okay, not sure that was the answer I suspected. Wait, did you just make that up or do you actually know that? Maybe I spent too long listening to Charlie. Geek! Hey, you two, come on, join the party. The family want to meet you. Really? I think we should be going now. Yeah, sorry. Maybe this wasn't the best idea. Come on, over there. The Patriarch will want to give you a personal welcome. Patriarch? He is father to us all. Um, literally or figuratively? <laughs> a little of both. Uh, that's not an answer. Is no one doing answers anymore? Oh. Uh, and your pet wolf, wherever it is, sounds really hungry. You've been listening to a Big Finish production, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>